What is the best position on the San Francisco 49ers roster? We'll get into the chat. We'll cover that. We'll cover a little bit of everything from uh, Twitter questions and your comments on YouTube as well. Coming up on this live edition of Locked On 49ers right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here with you once again at BB Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. If you don't know us, welcome to the program. I'm an NFL analyst, used to write fantasy blurbs, radio producer, on-air traffic reporter in the Bay Area, PFF, done a ton of things as it involves the sports media landscape. Eric Crocker, you know him, you love him, former NFL, AFL cornerback, Arena Bowl champion. He still can't find his ring because his children, I think, lost it, maybe hocked it. Uh, I don't know what happened. (laughs) Um, But uh, we're here for you. We're here to talk San Francisco 49ers, and we appreciate you making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day that's the that's the score here there we go there's crocky's ring arena bowl champion there it is. 2015 was it Croc? 2015 yeah okay yeah. Uh, i love it i love it so we are talking best position for i mean we'll get into a lot of subjects that i get into the chat whatever you want to talk about but i want to see in the chat what you guys think is the best position right now on the san francisco 49ers roster um by the way i want to call out golfing bard on twitter at bardley 1999 he said at bd peacock at eric underscore crocker and this is the question that reminded me of this topic to to do on today's show he said can the 49ers have the top man coverage unit i assume he means top in the nfl best one-on-one cover safety in jimmy ward best cover free safety in the nfl charvarius ward really good in man coverage high uh high dollar free agent the 49ers brought in other cornerback, Mosley, great numbers in man-to-man in 2021. Dante Johnson, maybe even stepping in at safety if they want to go man coverage there. Obviously, a corner playing safety, you're probably going to be a, a top cover guy for a safety in that situation. Um, you know, Nickelback, I don't know who is going to win that job there. And then, obviously, you have a, a really good pass-rushing defensive line. Um, do you think the 49ers can have the best man coverage unit in the NFL and should the secondary be nominated? I don't know if people would nominate that, but do you think that the secondary should be nominated as potentially the best position group on the 49ers? And can they be a lockdown group in man coverage when you put that I line? Think, field? I, I think they can be very good in man coverage. Now we'll see how much man coverage the 49ers actually play, right? Like that's been the big thing. They play a lot of soft coverage off, you know, keep things in front of them quarters. You know, we've seen a ton of that quarters, quarters, man, uh, excuse me, quarters, quarter halves. We've seen some of that last season as well. So I, I'm not going to say that they're definitely, I'm not going to say they're the best group. I see a, everyone in the chat right now saying D line, but I'm actually going to go somewhere else. I think it's the linebackers. I think the linebackers are the best group that the 49ers have. When you look at Fred Warner, all pro Fred, you know, put some respect on his name. And then you look at Aziz Al-Shair, who a lot of people last season were saying, uh, is he playing better than Fred Warner right now? So we're talking about someone who can play at a high level. And then Dre Greenlaw, who's a legit starter in the NFL. So I think their linebacker group has to be the strongest unit on the entire roster. 
when the 49ers roll out there and everyone's healthy and we're kind of going to assume everyone's healthy, you know, and I guess we have to take that into account in, in some ways, right. you know, projecting who's going to be playing for all 17 weeks. But when you roll out there with Fred Warner, who best middle linebacker in the league, right? Um, top three, top, if not, top three. If you think he's number one. Uh, then you have Dre Greenlaw on one side and you have Aziz Alshair. And, and I don't think they, they don't really run that much three, linebacker and nobody in the league really does that much anymore but you know there's times when they're all out there together that's a pretty darn good group right yeah. then you have Flanagan Foles who comes in um you have Oren Burks who they signed from Green Bay to play some special teams but man I'll show you Fred Warner Drake Greenlaw there's not many better units in the NFL for the top three linebackers on any team right Right now, now part of it might be we just watch them a lot. But I, I was getting messages when people are like, "Croc, who the hell is number fifty-one? Who is it?" I'm like, "Yeah, he's pretty good, huh?" And they're like, "Yeah, I thought Fred Warner was the All-Pro. Who's this fifty-one guy flying around?" So that just shows you once people really get a chance to kind of really see what Alshire is doing, I think he'll be even a little bit more notable around the league. Like right now, if you were to say, "Oh, you know, if I was to put on Twitter, 49ers have." you know, one of the best linebacking groups in the NFL. People are like, man, you're crazy. Then they'll rattle off a bunch of different linebacker groups. But from what we've seen and kind of known of, of those guys who have played very well and play at a high level, it'd be hard to find a group that's just far and away better than what they have. Now, it's not a Willis-Bowman group. You don't have that kind of a tandem. But you do have one high-level guy and two really good linebackers next to him and especially with the depth if you usually only need two of those guys because we saw Drake Greenlaw get hurt for a lot of last year and Al Shire stepped up and became the dude and it was like okay well he's awesome too and so usually you only need two of those guys so you can even cover yourself for some injury as well and they're all pretty fast they can all come and hit you and they all can cover a little bit and Fred Warner can do you know a lot of everything so uh that's a fantastic well, that's because the 49ers I mean I think one of their uh prerequisites to play the linebacker position for them is you got to be a former safety <laughs> and all that's these true, guys, yeah. they 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 they've been coverage guys. Even Dre Greenlaw, I mean, that's a guy at Arkansas. He didn't wear number twenty seven or whatever number it was for nothing. Like that's a guy that has some experience playing on that back end. So uh, we've seen that with all the 49ers linebackers, and then you see how well they play in coverage. Think about uh, Aziz Alshair and the big play he made against the Minnesota Vikings, picking off Kirk Cousins, uh, setting the 49ers up in scoring position. Like those are guys that have legit coverage ability. I think Al Shair is the only, literally the only linebacker on the entire roster that wasn't a former safety. Oren Burks was, right, in college. I think Al Shair was too. I, I think, think so? he's mostly only been a linebacker, I think. He might have played some safety, but obviously Fred Warner was playing basically that star position, the overhang outside linebacker, safety position. Uh, Dre Greenlaw was a former safety. Flanagan Foles, former safety. Um, uh, actually, in another undrafted free agent we haven't done, we got to get to him at some point is... Alubi out of San Diego State, who's pretty athletic and a, a former safety, if I'm not mistaken. He's safety size. I think he's still safety size, kind of. So, um, yeah, that's obviously, and it works. Like if <laughs> if you want a guy to cover, uh, it, it helps to have someone who's played a lot of coverage in their life before yeah. they got to the NFL. Outside uh, here was always a linebacker at Florida Atlantic. Not a big guy. He was listed at 6'2, 228 pounds. So, uh, was built more like a safety, but definitely played linebacker. Nice little nugget here from BSE in the chat. The fact that we had Chris Kiffin on staff and he helped recruit him 
to FAU, Florida Atlantic. I did not know that. It's a good nugget. I might have known it and forgot. I forget a lot. I, I put too much new information in my brain every year. Around draft season, my brain kind of resets, and I forget everything I knew before that in previous years. <laughs> so at some point, if I keep covering the draft and learning new draft prospects as much as I do, I'm going to be pretty much senile because I'm going to forget like my entri- entire childhood. Forget I already forgot every phone number I used to know. I used to know hundreds of phone numbers. I know my phone number now, and that's it. Yeah. I barely know my wife's. I think and I know. Also, my- it's the technology as well. I mean, because oh, I can yeah. remember, I used to call my my grandma right when I lived in San Jose. We would call my grandma while she was at work. I, I still remember that number two nine five two two five seven. Like boom, right to the four zero eight. Right. So um, some things just never go away. But definitely, as far as just like knowing a phone number, I know my wife's, and that's about it. I have no idea what my kids' phone numbers are. That's that's kind of scary, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I, I just press a button, but if I don't have my phone on me, mm-hmm. I will not know how to get a hold of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of sad. I never thought yeah. about that, but. Yeah. You got to write those down somewhere. Get them tattooed. Then you'll never forget. <laughs> and you keep your number forever, man. I've been through different services with my cell number. It's the only cell number I've ever had. Probably the only cell number I will ever have. Wow. I've been through multiple services. Uh, it was like a family plan way back in the day. It's like, you know, different people paying the bill for it, different phone services uh, going from, uh, I don't even know what service I'm Verizon now, but like, oh man. Yeah. Um, phone numbers are, are a weird thing that even, that they even exist. I feel like there's a post, a post phone number society out there where it's like more of a QR code that you have and like, you know, something more unique even than a, than a phone number potentially. I don't know. We're getting off topic. We're getting way off topic here. I know it's it's off topic season. We're in the middle of June now, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and we've covered so many different things here this off season. But we're talking about the best position on the San Francisco 49ers roster. Uh, it's defensive lines definitely winning in the chat. We'll go through some more positions here. And uh, I think corners backs. Uh, well, when we get back, but yeah, I yeah. think cornerbacks might be better than D line. Oh, okay. Let's debate. Okay. Let's debate that. Let's now debate we're that. talking. Now we're talking here. This this might be a better debate than I thought even with the best position on the 49ers roster going into the 2022 season. Uh, but how about BlueNile.com, the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that uh, the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry expert advice 24 7 which is my favorite aspect of blue nile because i don't know what i'm doing when i'm buying an engagement ring, uh, an engagement ring or any other kind of fine jewelry I, and i i would have if i didn't have help i probably wouldn't be married to this day because i didn't know what the heck to choose when it came to an engagement ring uh, but other fine jewelry as well. Everyday fine jewelry. If you're buying something for mom, buying something for another family member, maybe you're not ready to get engaged, but you want to take your relationship to the next level. Diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, gemstones, necklaces, everything you can imagine at BlueNile.com and that expert advice, that help that you can get 24-7 online. Legendary service with 30-day returns. When you commit to a piece, so does Blue Nile. Guaranteed service and repair for life. So, Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On 49ers listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement, so use code LOCKEDON. That is promo code LOCKEDON 
to get that $50 off. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us in the live chat. And thanks for making Peacock and or thanks for making <laughs> this isn't the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. I just recorded like 10 of those because Williamson's on, going on vacation. So I got to get back in locked on 49ers mode. And, and I want to thank everybody for making locked on 49ers your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out the ultimate NBA mock draft. It starts this week, June 16th. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. If you heard the NFL ultimate mock draft, you know how it goes. Uh, the Locked On NBA Draft Big Board Draft Experts plus Odyssey Insiders. First pick is June 16th. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. Those of you getting ready for a little uh, Monday night Golden State Warriors finals game, don't have to worry about the NBA draft uh, at, in, at this point in the season, unlike uh, Crocs Lakers. But uh, yeah, I always got to give one <laughs> dig at the Lakers when I'm doing this podcast with Crocs talking about the NBA draft. You, you want to nominate corners, Croc, as the best position group on the roster? It's deep. It's deep for sure. Well, okay. Just at the end, when you look at just the starters, right? I feel like heading into the season. Now, I mean, we're including nickel. That might throw things off because I don't know who the heck the nickel is going to be. But when you just look at the outside cornerbacks and, you, and you're going out there, how confident are you that you have Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley? I think most people will be very confident with that. And then when you look at just the next guy up, which is likely Jason Verrett, you know, and we're talking, about, first of all, healthy Jason Verrett, heading into last season, it was like, is he a top 10 cornerback in the NFL? Right? Like, that's the level that he played at the previous year, and people were expecting him to play at that level. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, uh, dang, we, we lost him. Like, how do you replace that? And now he's kind of this forgotten guy because he dealt with the injury, but. If he's healthy, and that is a very big if. I mean, we're talking about three three guys where you feel very confident about how strong that position is, let alone Ambry Thomas, who at the very least showed like, hey, I, I can play some ball if need be. Now, he's been up and down, and we've seen him kind of get dusted in practice, whatever the case is, but imagine watching him in the playoffs against Dallas Cowboys. Watch him in the playoffs. Uh, actually, didn't watch him against the Packers, uh, but did watch him against the Rams. Like, he played pretty good like he held his own so yeah i feel very confident and, and again if that's your fourth corner is that if that's your fourth best corner i think you're doing pretty good so yeah the cornerback group yeah yeah it's good. yeah that's a dark horse unit because obviously it's deep but there's some high-end talent if verrett's playing like verrett if he's healthy it's a big if but and charvarius ward was what the third highest paid corner on the free agent market this year, right? And and there might be even more there. Emmanuel Mosley. Um, and you're right. Third rounder from last year, Ambry Thomas, who was starting for him in the playoffs last year. If he's your fourth corner, and then you have Dante Johnson, who's as versatile as he is, that's not counting two more draft picks this year and another fifth rounder from last year, right. all battling out. I mean, that is eight deep at corners who can all play outside. So um, it's a deep position and there's some top heaviness to it. And I wonder if Verrett could be used as sort of a, you know, like using a baseball analogy, sort of like a closer, you know, someone who doesn't have to eat a lot of innings with his arm, but can come in and lock down somebody on a key third down. I think that'd be interesting for 49ers if he is healthy enough to play, if they don't want to put too much mileage on him, if they want to bring him in in situations, I think that'd be pretty cool. And it's not really something I've ever seen 
done in the NFL. I mean, there is there's like rotational guys. So maybe, you know, essentially he'd be a third down player and someone else would would play the nickel because he'd be the outside guy. And maybe that's Emmanuel Mosley. And maybe that's the best way to, to utilize him, get your best three on the field if Verrett is healthy. Right. And then again, that's a big if. You know, we got our guy in the in the chat right now. He says Verrett has one full season in the last five years. So I don't think that's anything that we would count on. But just again, just the ability, right? Like when we did see him play in 2020 and how good he played, if you if you are going to get that over full 17 game season, which again, uh the the odds are that's not what you're gonna get. But if you did, that's a really good cornerback. That would be probably a legit starter on any NFL team. I can't believe nobody has nominated quarterback. You have a number three overall pick. You have a quarterback still under roster who's been to a Super Bowl and was in the NFC yeah. Championship game last year. You got Nate Sudfield, who you guaranteed $2 million for to be your backup quarterback. And then you drafted a seventh rounder in Brock Purdy, who looks like uh, from reports is, is looked pretty good and is pushing Sudfield to be that, that backup quarterback as well long term. What about quarterback? Is, really? is that what the reports are? Uh, I've heard. I've heard that. I've heard that in a couple of places that, you know, that Sudfeld is whatever and Brock, Brock Purdy, you know, you, you wouldn't cut Brock Purdy because of Sudfeld essentially. But I mean, this is spring practices. It's really hard to know. We've got to go through the preseason to really get a full picture of what this all is. But um, yeah, what about quarterback? Would you say no. quarterback is a stronger unit than the defensive line? No, I wouldn't. And, 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 I, and I know a lot of people brought that up. Well, yeah. A lot of people have said D-line in, in the chat. When you look at the D-line, though, they, they are deep. I'd say if, you, if you're saying, like, what's the deepest unit, I would say D-line. Like, obviously, like Nick Bosa, like, he's an elite talent. And Eric Armstead plays really good football, especially if he's inside. Outside of that, to me, it's just a lot of guys that are, they'll help you with depth. And it's like, can you just be solid opposite Bosa and Armstead? And I think you have a lot of guys that can be that. But I don't know if it's necessarily, like, as strong of a unit as what you have at the linebackers or even the top three cornerbacks. Let's go through the D line because that's definitely the leader by a lot in the chat. And coming into this, I thought for sure it was going to be D line, but I think corner and linebacker is stronger than I expected competing with that D line. Nick Bosa might be the most valuable player on the team, right? If you're drafting 49ers, Nick Bosa is the number one pick. Yeah. Eric uh, what? I mean, Trent Williams. I mean, you're taking Nick Bosa in year four over. Okay, you're saying like year old Trent Williams, long right? Term, like what to build off? Well, of. well, even for one year, I would still try to put together an offensive line. I think you can't fake what Bosa is. I think we've seen, you know, Colton McKivitz can play a game, and you're okay. You know what I mean? But you're kind of non-functional without that pass rush. I'd go Bosa over Williams. I remember watching the year. 49ers against Green Bay in 2000. 20 and Trent Williams didn't play. I think it was COVID or something like that. And I just remember the left tackle just getting destroyed all game long. Was that school? Yeah, I think it was school. I mean, yeah. it was just abysmal. It is one of those things where it's like, you know, yeah, you can sometimes get by, but when you don't get by, it just looks disastrous. Remember that season uh, or game? Uh, Alden Smith against the Chicago Bears. Matter of fact, it was Colin Kaepernick's first start, right? And everybody's so focused on Colin Kaepernick and how he lit it up. Alden Smith had five sacks because the right tackle just was just, I mean, it was just, he was just getting his butt whooped every single rep by Alden Smith. 
Yeah. Um, good point here by Philip, though. Week 18, Colton McKivitz had a nice game. He played for, that was the biggest game of the year. And it was played yeah. for Trent Williams, and he held his own. Um, I would rather play without Trent Williams than without Nick Bosa at this point. Okay. So, yeah, okay. And then you have, so uh, someone who was talking about DJ Jones. It was a huge loss for DJ Jones to be that nose tackle. But in theory, on paper, you have a first round pick. And th- that's where resources come in. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, big money, first round pick. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, first round pick. They signed Abu Khan. They They drafted a second round guy in Drake Jackson to play defensive end. They brought in Kamoko Ture to compete. They traded for Charles Amenehu. Uh, Jordan Willis even made some big plays for the 49ers in the playoffs. Kerry Hyder coming back as a free agent could play some you know defensive end, maybe be flexible, play some inside as well. That's a deep unit. There's high end talent. There's, you know, just if you, if you put your best four on the field and Drake Jackson is the guy they think he is from a second round pick, Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw, Drake Jackson, that's got to be the best starting unit on the team, I think. And there's depth. All right. So, so you say it's D line. I think it's the defensive line, but I think it's closer than I thought it was going to be because when, when I thought of this subject, I thought, well, for sure it's going to be defensive line just because of, you know, how much they put into it. But it's closer than I thought, but I still would go D-line. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Hassan Ridgeway. Forgot about him. Free agent signee on the interior. Uh, Maurice Hurst, too. If he could ever be healthy, he's a pretty good player. So, like, they're, they're, they're deep and and they're good. They have high-level talent. She'll be able to stop the run. She'll be able to play against the pass. I. How about this one? When we come back, there's another position group that I think we have to consider that we have not considered yet, and then we will cast our official ballots of the best position on the 49ers roster in 2022. So your last chance in the chat, let us know who you think your vote would be for the uh, the best unit on the San Francisco 49ers. While I let the folks out there know about Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information you want to bet on a dark horse mvp how about second year quarterback first year starter trey lance we've seen it before we've seen second year quarterbacks become the guy and maybe trey lance is next in line after lamar jackson and patrick mahomes that we've seen in past years trey lance you can bet on him as mvp you can bet on kyle shanahan as coach of the year you can do the over under on sacks for Nick Bosa in 2022. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including NBA Finals, NHL Hockey Finals coming up, uh, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, golf, MMA, UFC, boxing. Golf is not fighting, obviously, um, but there, there, there's there's some fighting going on between golfing organizations and golfing leagues now, which has kind of been interesting. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, esports, and more. Get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, I think for me, it goes D-line, linebacker corner right now. But we haven't talked about wide receiver yet, Croc. And well, wide receiver's pretty good. You have to squint a little bit, I think, to try to try to project what they're gonna be because you've got a number one. You've got <laughs> Croc wears glasses for a reason, so he doesn't have to squint when he's trying to think about how good the, the 49ers wide receivers can be. You have a true number one, you have a legit number two, you just drafted a speed burner four three guy who has legit speed to be a three four you have Juwan jennings who's proven he's a three four you uh have ray ray mcleod now to be a slot guy 
uh, who's making plays in practice. It's a pretty good unit when everybody's playing and everyone's healthy. And when the quarterback play is good, which could potentially be better with Trey Lance than it's ever been at some point, maybe not this year, maybe next year. I don't know when that's going to be, but I think it could be better. The wide receiver group is pretty good. And I think it's, I think Debo is a higher end guy. I think after, cause we talked about Bosa versus Trent Williams, Debo would be right there. And so would, um, so would George Kittle, right. And you know, Fred Warren, that's the, that's the five. That's like the power five of the San Francisco 49ers, Williams, Bosa, Debo, Kittle, Warner, right. You would, you would argue that those are the five, those are the core players for the San Francisco 49ers right now. And you hope that Trey Lance joins that group at some point. So you have a high level guy as a wide receiver, one who can do a lot. You have a guy who's, ascending and could be even a, a number two at least maybe a number one type of guy in, in Brandon Ayuk. You, you know don't want to put that on yet but I've seen more wide cool. receiver too than, which is fine yeah right? totally and, and we'll see second half of the season uh, he still looks more like wide receiver too so mm-hmm. but yeah and you have a bunch of guys who could be three Ray Ray um Jennings and then who knows what the 49ers have in Danny Graves a third round pick got a lot of speed at the very least even if he's number five this year could be a, a future three so it's a pretty good group w- would it compete with those other groups is the question yeah uh phillips said don't forget about fresno state uh goat he's talking about Keyshawn johnson and you know that's Keyshawn. another guy who uh, it's tough for him because he's in one of those positions where people kind of forget about him i remember he was coming out of fresno state and he was in that same class as hakeem butler and andy isabella over there to arizona and it was like, wow, like they won. They got Keyshawn Johnson like that late. Okay, that's awesome. Now all of a sudden he found himself on the street. 49ers pick him up. And he's kind of, kind of an afterthought. But he definitely is someone who has big time ability. I, I believe he broke all the records at Fresno State. And Devontae Adams was there. And Devontae Adams, now he only played two years there. And he put up like historically great numbers. But Keyshawn Johnson did a terrific job. So, I mean, he, he's there at the very least. It's someone who's like, hey, you know, if he makes the – the roster, like, I wouldn't be, like, shocked. Other people might be, but I, I wouldn't be, like, completely shocked. He's somebody who can play. And I also know, like, once you get past the, like, Debo Samuels of the world, after that, the talent gap isn't as drastic as most people think. Like, I, I bet if you just sat there and watched Keyshawn Johnson run around and then Brandon Ayuk run around and you didn't know who was who, it probably wouldn't look too far off it would take you a while and it would have to be if if size doesn't jump out at you and it probably wouldn't with those two guys some kind of speed there would be there have to be something that keys you in pure hands ability to go up and snatch the ball out of the air right and and, and we're talking about very small differences i think in those things and you're right now Uh, i want to know if philip is talking about Keyshawn johnson fresno state goat or undrafted defensive lineman kevin atkins who we haven't talked about yet but we got to have a scouting report on him coming up (laughs) I think he's talking about Keyshawn Johnson. Or is he talking about Bernard Berrien? Ooh. Who is my Fresno State GOAT for wide receiver? Oh, no. See, so my Fresno State GOAT, I mean, outside of, you know, it's easy to say Devontae Adams, but Rodney Rodney Wright, who's there at the same time as Bernard Berrien. Dude, that was a combo, dude. That was... Those, that was the David Carr era, right? Well, I lived in Fresno. I was a freshman at Sunnyside High School at that time. So, you know, I was in the heart of that. They wouldn't even let us wear... Fresno State stuff to school because uh, there was some kind of like bulldog gang or something like that. I don't know. There was, a, I was crushed when the 49ers weren't able to draft Bernard Berry. Like he was my dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I think 
somebody made the point in the chat about depth, and I think there there's some high level talent. I think they fit in nicely. One, two, three, four, five. You know, as far as the wide receivers go, but they they don't have extra. You know, you don't have two ones. You don't have three twos. Something like that. So, I think it does. I, th- I think wide receiver does take a backseat to some of those positions, although it could be an ascending position. And real since quick, you need, since, I, I saw, hold on, real quick. Yeah. I saw somebody t- in the chat talk about how you can't take anything away from uh, like OTAs. And I take offense to that. We just explained this on the previous episode, but there are legit guys. And again, you can't, you can't take anything away from, from it in a sense of like, this is how it's going to be come season right? For one reason or another. But if someone is in spring practice and OTAs and he's doing very well, I will say it does show he can play. And I think vice versa as well. If someone is getting dogged all throughout OTAs and spring, which there are guys, you, you have the, you have the few guys that it doesn't matter at all for it, right? Like Debo Samuel, it just does not matter. But uh, Trey Lance, OTAs, it 100% mattered what he looked like and the in the building the confidence in which they have in him heading into the actual training camp, right? Now does it mean like, oh, he's gonna be balling in the regular season because he did well during OTAs? No. But it definitely means something. Right. And there are a lot of guys on that roster that are trying to fight. There's 90 guys there. When, when they make their cuts, there's gonna be 53. And there are guys that are they they legit are fighting for a spot. And I can 100 percent guarantee you they were fighting for that spot. It, it doesn't just start in training camp. It doesn't just start in preseason. It starts in OTAs. And I saw jockeying for position. Like, I, mean, I saw um, Aaron Barry and some other guys. And Aaron Barry was heading into the season. He was supposed to be the starter opposite Antonio Camardi. And next thing you know, this guy Darren Walls keeps making plays. And they're like, okay. Like, and they benched Aaron Barry and put in Darren, Darren Walls. That's it, Waller. Darren Walls in in uh in OTAs like they benched a guy and started another guy in OTAs like it it, it doesn't mean like nothing I, I see that a lot I just want to make sure people know that <laughs> there's an entirely other position group croc that we still haven't talked about the offensive line and, and even though you disagree with BSE about taking th- anything away from spring practices, I, I, I kind of agree because there's a lot of stuff that that the team can take away that we can't take away because we don't know about it. Like, what are they doing behind the scenes? What are they doing in the weight room? What time do they show up every day? Like those types of things. Half the practices, even the media is not looking at either, you know. So there's probably more that the team can take away that, that necessarily we're not getting. Like someone makes one play in practice. It's like, OK, well, who cares kind of thing. So I guess that's what he's saying. But how about this? about specialists kicker punter long snapper how confident are we with Wisnowski? because if you if you if you only have you know three like legit spots right like in uh did he add long snapper maybe not. Uh, so if you want to add Tabor pepper or whatever his name is Tabor peppers is 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 fine i think that's kind of with long snappers it's not like you're amazing you're not adding value but you're not bad at snapping so it's like either you either you're a good long snapper or you're a problem, and he's a good long snapper. So I think Wisnowski, with, with so many, like, it's like you got one job, right? Yeah. Like, it, like for the for the special teams unit, right? The specialists, those three guys to be good. Like, I feel like for them to be in the mix, like all three have to be good. And we obviously we really like what we got from um, Robbie. We'll see with Ray Ray. He's a guy that is, has like a crazy amount of fumbles last season. But Wisnowski is too up and down, so we can't include them. 
yeah, it can't be specialist. Um, even though he was drafted in the fourth round, and Wisniewski's not bad. He's you know middle of the road. He's he's a solid NFL punter. I think uh, Robbie Gold is good. He's in the upper half of punt of place kickers in the NFL. Uh, we don't really know what the return game is going to look like with Ray Ray, but you know they paid money to bring him in. Um, if you just put it as special teams, and you talked about the coverage units, they put a lot of emphasis on special teams. So maybe, but you're talking about an entire unit instead of just one small position group. So uh, I like the I like the 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 out of the box thinking, but no, specialist does not win for me. And we got to take positional value into account too. I think a little bit, which is why I, th- I might put linebacker behind some of those other groups, even though they're that good, because I just don't know if they're difference making enough. Like I would, you know, is Greenlaw difference making enough versus what the defensive line could bring or what the corners could even bring? I will say this, like you know, talking through this and having this conversation with you with the chat, one thing has become very clear for me. I think that the 49ers have done a really good job of constructing a, a talented roster with good depth. Now, obviously, there's question marks. And, and I'd say if you talk to all 32 uh, teams around the league, they tell you that there's certain areas or talk to their fan bases or talk to their media members. There are certain areas of that roster where they're like, ah, here's some question marks here. Everyone's going to have that. But I would say as a, as a whole, and I think that's why the 49ers, it would be hard to find eight better rosters in the nfl right yeah no i agree i agree they've got high level talent and if they hit on their quarterback then it might be something like you can't find three rosters better in the nfl right you know um okay so how are we going to rank these then who's number to me it's still d-line would you fight for linebacker or corner i i'm gonna fight for corner because i i can't because bosa Bosa is the X factor there. He just yeah. makes it to where it's so hard to make an argument for the cornerback. But if you were to say, hey, do you feel more confident in the the starting edge rushers or the starting corners like as a whole? I would probably say, man, I feel very confident in Ward and Mosley, right? But Bosa is so good, it kind of trumps everything else that's going on there. So you kind of have to go with D-line, I guess. Yeah, I agree. It's It's clearly landslide winner in the chat is D line. And then for me, linebacker corner wide receiver, the next three, and I probably wouldn't even fight you about the order. Um, but you think corner would be two croc, then linebacker or wide receiver linebacker. Cause it's so complete. I think linebacker, because again, uh, there were, there was a time last year where people were like, is Al Shire better than Fred Warner? And I thought it was crazy, but he was playing at a very high level. And if you're going to tell me I get that for 17 weeks, along with Fred Warner, which what we know to be Fred Warner, is that better than what we've known from Debo and Ayuk, which Debo, obviously, very high level. Ayuk as that 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 kind of Batman or Robin to Batman, I think Alshair plays a little bit. It, his peak looked like a little bit higher version, I would say. Now, maybe people might not yeah. look at it like that because I would, no, I, I know what you're saying. So if you're just if you're just taking a snapshot of whatever we've already seen from them, you put linebacker first. But if you're projecting what it could be, I think that's where wide receiver. You might think, man, I, I think they could all be playing. Jawan Jennings, I think that that unit might yeah. play up a little bit. But you have to project it out. They really like. I mean, again, we'll see. But it seems like they really like Juwan Jennings. Yeah, and uh, somebody else brought it up in the chat earlier. Charvarius Ward going out of his way to be like, well, that surprised me. I didn't think that guy was going to be that good. Didn't know who he was, basically. <laughs> like, that dude's good. 
Isn't that the same thing that uh, Richard Sherman and Fred Warner and those guys were saying? Richard Sherman was like, man, he, I don't know, the way he walks and you just weren't expecting it. He's like, wow, this guy's like hella good. And that was like surprising for me to hear that. And then you continue to hear praises. And then, you know, I I, I like my guys, John Middlecoff and and, uh, and Haberman, right? Guy Haberman. And they're they're pretty much straight shooters with what they see. is like, you're either good or you're not. And they were like, hey, like this dude, Juwan Jennings, he's a guy. And I'm like, wow, like. People really getting behind this and that. It's kind of surprising to me because, you know, it was like, well, what's his role going to be? But is he going to be like a legit big slot? You know what really throws me off about him? His swag is just so nasty. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's it's nasty. I wish I could just be like. Wait, nasty is in like nas good nasty or no, bad nasty? Not good. Not, not good bad nasty. nasty. Okay. He does a lot of things where it's like, why why, why you do like then you wear that yeah it's just i wish it wish it was just like listen i'll do this for free let me just like let me help you out here and, but he thinks i think he thinks he's like the freshest dude ever so he you know oh. but it's like oh okay no, oh you think so he you think he thinks he's the freshest dude i was thinking you were saying he he has that like lunch pail offensive line mentality where he doesn't really oh no care. okay okay no the way he puts on stuff and like the way he like does it stuff like no he's like he's trying he's <laughs> He probably would uh, want to beat me up. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Juwan Jennings, find Eric Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker. <laughs> Hold on though. How about this? Because my theory I've been talking about on the podcast, we're going long. We got to end this pretty soon here. We already we already decided who the best position group on the 49ers is. But talking wide receivers, a late nomination. What about nominating tight ends? Because obviously George Kittle, best tight end in the NFL, right? And I've said on this podcast that I believe Juwan Jennings is actually a tight end, but Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to tell other teams and especially doesn't want to tell Jawan Jennings that he's actually a tight end because when he's on the field, big slot, right? What's the difference between big slot and move tight end? They run behind him a lot. Is Jawan Jennings actually secretly a tight end? And if he is, is tight end one of the best position groups on the roster? Yeah. I think that makes you more comfortable. If you're just saying like in the sense of how he's utilized big slot or flex, right? Cause right. that's what we're saying, right? He's a flex yeah. tight end. Uh, I think you are more co confident knowing like, oh man, I got this pass catcher who, you know, he caught 20 something passes and it was all late last year, but, and, and then he had a big game, uh, towards the end of the year, you know, caught for over hundred yards against the Rams, you know, oh man, like, can he be like a legit tight end to a pass catcher, almost like a Jordan Reed, right? Like Jordan Reed, the, uh, how much was Jordan Reed asked to really block? Uh, can he be a guy that catches? 50 passes. And if he does it all from the big slot and that complements George Kittle, whatever you get from him, which would probably be 1,100 yards if he's healthy, then yeah, I, I could see that. He's not that big, though. Juwan Jennings is. He's, he's lighter he's like than 215, he like 213 or. I, I think at the combine, he tried to get his weight down to run faster. I think he might play oh, bigger. Okay. He looks like he's 230. But he was only like 215 at the combine, which doesn't look like a size that you would yeah. try to, you know, convert into a tight end. That's, he kind, plays that's like kind of the physical that's, sort of. That's kind of the Hufunga thing, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy, you know, 6'3", yep. 213, and you run 4'7"? Oh, Jennings is the Hufunga of the offense. Those guys are very <laughs> similar, right? Day three picks that didn't time well, but play with a, a level of physicality, make some really good players. Uh, have a little bit at something that you can't really quantify at the combine that makes them really good at what they do. Yeah. Kind of tweenery position guys. And I will say this, they both feel like Kyle Shanahan guys. And we know Kyle Shanahan likes to 
Like a certain guy. And if you're not that, you can end up in the doghouse. And sometimes some of these guys with a little bit more uh, premium ability don't always have that, like you said, lunch pill mentality. Kyle Shanahan is definitely drawn to those type of guys. And maybe he sees a little bit of that in both Hufunga and Juwan Jennings. I mean, good point by Gotham here. Jordan Matthews, a tight end, made a big play at camp, converted wide receiver tight end, uh, Ross Dwelly and, and Charlie Warner. Tight end, boom. There it is. Dark horse, best position on the 49ers, tight end, because Juwan Jennings secretly is a tight end. But just don't say it too loud because Kyle Shanahan doesn't want his opponents or his his wide receiver slash tight end, Juwan Jennings, to know about. Right. I see BSC. He says uh, he plays faster than he tested. I think he's talking about Juwan Jennings. I don't think so. I think Juwan Jennings plays extremely well with positioning. And he's so, he's so big, it's almost like he uh, kind of shields off defenders. So I think he... Uh, there's this thing I like to talk about, like high-end controlled speed. And I think he gets up to his, whatever his top speed is. I think he plays throughout the route at that speed. So he's still playing fast, even though like it's like you'll never mistake him for a 4-4 type guy, right? Or even like low 4-5. But he plays at a speed to where it doesn't matter that he's not the fastest of guys. Now, there there might not be that next gear. So I don't think you'll ever see him like catch a ball and just take it 60 but you will see him come off the ball really good, and he can get to a spot and then shoot off defenders and, and catch the ball. And I think that's where he's going to really excel at. So I guess, I guess essentially, is he? Yeah, he played faster, but I don't think plays faster in the sense of like what you would think from Brandon Ayuk, who Ayuk plays faster than a four-five-one because he can catch a slant and take it to the crib. You won't see that from Jennings, but in the sense of his route running, like he plays fast throughout route, which is what I want to see more from Danny Gray. Yeah, I, I would say Jennings is a smooth athlete, sort of a basketball athlete in a way where he knows positioning. Uh, he he can get in and out of his breaks, but I wouldn't say speed necessarily. He he but he plays with a, a level of smoothness, quickness. Can get in and out of his breaks. Can set guys up. Can pull the ball down. He's he's Charles Barkley essentially, right? It's like why is Charles Charles Barkley out rebounding guys that are taller than him, kind of thing? Uh, and he has that sort of basketball athleticism, I think. But. Yeah. Um, again, this is a fun conversation. I like it. But yes, the defensive line, and it should be with all the high-level talent they have there, all the resources, money, draft picks they put into the defensive line. Defensive line, I think, uh, is pretty safely the best position on the San Francisco 49ers. And it has carried the team a lot. And it makes everybody else on the defense play up. And uh, it has been the strength of the team for a while. It is the It is the calling card of this San Francisco 49ers regime. It's funny because you think of Kyle Shanahan, oh, running game, outside zone. You think it's like quarterback, wide receiver, something like that. And it's like, no, man, it's defensive line. It's D-line. Thank you, everybody, for jumping in the chat. It was a lot of fun today. I think we might go live a couple times in the coming weeks as we approach training camp because it's a lot of fun to chat it up and get excited about the San Francisco 49ers on tomorrow's podcast, we will get into part two of the 2022 all-time San Francisco 49ers draft. I took an early lead. I hope I don't leave Croc and Winkler in the dust with how good of a team I'm drafting in the all-time draft. You're going to have to tune into that if you're in your audio-only podcasts on Wednesday morning, Winky Wednesday. Uh, but it'll be up there Tuesday evening for your viewing pleasure on YouTube. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Make sure you're checking out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show here on the network. Croc doing the Locked On NFL Draft podcast daily. I will be back tomorrow with Crocky and the Hexagon Wall right here. Locked On 49ers.